You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my lovely wife, whose hair looks amazing today, Lisa Bilyeu. What's up, homie? Cheers. I'm loving all the uh, hair experimentation recently. Yes. Very sexy. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, I had my hair tied back for two days over the weekend, so I think uh, it makes a difference to you as well. Indeed, indeed. Um, I really want to know who out there is actually in a relationship, because the one thing I found interesting that I didn't expect is that people were like, oh, I'm not in a relationship, but I love watching your show. Mm. Um, and I found that very surprising. So... They had told me, like, and I was like, well, how, why do you watch it then? It's like, well, when they go into a relationship, now they're bringing te- techniques and tactics into that. So, love that. Um, yeah, I love that. So put in the comments, guys, are you in a relationship Just or not? yes or no, hit yeah. us up. Super interested to see how many people. Um, and then if this is bringing you value, please do share this video. Um, that would be so appreciated. Nice. Let's get the word out. Let's do it. All right. Let's get that word. All right. Let's just jump right into it because we've got a good start off question. And oh, please, we are answering questions live. So if you guys have any um, relationship problems or relationship questions, put them in the comments and we'll um, be answering them. Yes. And if you're one of those future viewers who's listening to this on the podcast or um, watching the YouTube video unlive, Man, if you can, join us live. It is amazing. Always super cool to have people submitting questions. We love it. But if you can't, totally understand and just honored that you guys are listening. Yeah. All right. Let's get down to it, Billy. You ready? Yes. All right. So this question comes from Facebook from Mimi McLeod. Mimi McLeod. Yeah. Are there any rules of engagement for social media? Since both of you are active and post frequently, is there anything that bothers you about the other's usage? I get to go first. Wow, please. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. I get to go first because you've been on social media a lot longer than I have. So it's been a recent thing for me. Um, and so for me, it absolutely used to really wind me up that I would be sitting at dinner or let's say you're just sitting next to me and we're having a conversation and I turn my head and I keep talking because I'm doing something. And I turn back and all of a sudden you're on your phone. Um, it used to bother me um, because it just feels like, Am I not interesting enough? Am I not saying something that's capturing your, you know, your attention? So now you're going on to something external. Um, but then I realized you're like, look, I'm working. And that's actually a big deal for us is that we've chosen this life. And that's one thing that I quote and I repeat over and over and over again. When I feel like I'm missing you, I don't get time with you. It's like, I chose this life. So if I chose this life, this is what you need to do to be successful. And so if I just moaned and complained about it, now I feel like I'm giving you mixed messages. I want you to be successful. I want you to go out and bust your ass. I want you to like crush it and build this empire that we're building. And I encourage that in you. But then if I'm moaning that you're doing it or you're taking the time to do it, then I feel like that's not fair on you. So um, I realize though that I can't block out my feelings because I still feel the way I feel. I still feel neglected when you do it. I still feel left out. So now what we do is if I've got something I want to talk to you about or if I just want to chit chat, could be complete BS chit chat. But if I want to, um, I'll just say to you, babe, I need your full attention. So let me know when that's a good time. And I, you know, I want to talk. And so you'll be very respectful and you're like, oh, I just need 10 minutes because you're doing social or something and you get your phone. And then you'll be, all right, you've got my attention. And you'll put your phone away and you put it aside. You put it on silent. You'll check your alarms, make sure nothing disturbs it. And then we'll make sure that we have that intimate time. Um, but I, I recognize now that I need to do that and that's okay. And I don't get um, angry or bitter about it because we have that same final goal. Um, I feel like we're a team in that. So nice that's my opinion on you using social media yeah so uh, totally i hear that and for the record it's not like i would 
while you were mid sentence, pull my phone out and start working. It's you when have not not mid. I will call absolute <laughs> bullshit on that. Never once, not where you're talking mid sentence. You're thinking of those times where you're like having a bit of a waffle and you would pause. I don't right. know if you plan to keep going or not. <laughs> So then I would take out my phone and you would start speaking again. So I just like full disclosure. <laughs> I want to make sure that is abundantly clear. Um, and then the, the, all the other stuff that you said, absolutely true. And just letting the other person know that you need their full attention, I think is especially in today's age where it is so easy to pull out the phone. It's so habitual that people often do it and mm. not even realize that they're doing it. Um, so I'll give a, a different take on that and just be a little bit more universal to standard um, operating procedure because she said rules of engagement, which I love that people are picking up on that term. Um, so yeah, we rules of engagement, I think for people more in general, in terms of the types of thing that they post um, is a good place to start. So your, I think, my feed is very much inspirational, motivational. I very rarely post anything that's like really personal. I do in my stories, but not in my main feed. So I could definitely see where people would need to have a conversation about like what part of our lives is off limits. Like what wouldn't I want posted? Um, so that I think you definitely have to talk about. We, I think, have an unspoken understanding. We don't really talk about it. But when I think you're, you're, I don't like putting out stuff where I'm, um, God, what's the right word? If I'm being like uh, silly, so silly I don't do. You know, I have a very particular definition of the word silly. I absolutely hate um, like that. Like, yeah, I don't like silly stuff. I do it occasionally. I would never want something posted where I was legitimately being silly. Um, yeah, so you wouldn't post something like that. Even um, though I love that part of your personality, I know that yeah. you wouldn't want me to. Yeah, like I don't, that's one for when it's just you and I. Like I'm not even silly in front of the team. There's just yeah. something about silliness yeah. that I am, uh, one, I do very, very infrequently. And then two, um, yeah. So like, for instance, if I were to break out breakdancing, I wouldn't want that posted. Uh, so yeah, there are things like that. We've never really had a conversation about it. I don't even know how to put words around. Like silly is me groping in the dark. Right. But there are just things that I know you wouldn't post because you know I wouldn't want it posted. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've never had to put words around it. But yes, people should talk about it. <laughs> uh, be very specific where you can. Let people know what's yes, what's no. Then if the person's posting something about themselves, like I think you really have to give them the room to express themselves the way they want to. So I wouldn't ever tell you like, oh, if it's about you and it's not including me, um, I wouldn't put limits on that. But like you, for instance, if I'm filming, like I'm less worried like if I'm not... Um, in good lighting or whatever, like I'm not that bothered about it, but that would get more on your radar. So if I catch you in the background and you were like eating or something, you wouldn't want that. So I have to be very thoughtful about that. So And I think it depends on <clears throat> almost what you're going through. Because that one time, so you did come in once and you were doing like an IG story or you were doing an IG live or something. It must have been a story because you didn't post it. And you came in the kitchen and you were <clears throat> you were filming and I was sitting there eating and yeah, I was like, did you just post that? And you're like, no, not yet. And I was like, please don't. And I was definitely, sen I mean, I am sensitive right now this, you know, last month or two on my food and my diet because I've been sick and because like I'm adjusting and, you know, my emotions, I'm definitely trying to get a control of, of like all the ups and downs that I'm, you know, going through in the pains. So I am sensitive to the food thing. And once upon a time I may not have been and that's another thing to kind of I guess talk about is that you may not have realized right like oh I filmed her like eating like 10 times like she doesn't think twice so you come in and then you do it and I'm uncomfortable we just like I try to say in that moment like please don't post it I'm sensitive or whatever and then we have to respect each other for feeling that way and you never judged me for it you were like oh okay <clears throat> I'll just do it from this angle instead but that way, I don't feel guilty that you've had to stop doing what you were doing, but also still acknowledging my own emotions of what I'm going through when you do do that. Yeah, for shways, for shways. And speaking up and being honest about what you need and what you want and tailoring it accordingly. As I reach out into the universe, though, and I see like 
This is a trickier issue than I think I give it credit for, especially if you're in the beginning of a relationship and like, how do you like tactfully make those demands? How do you tactfully, like, for instance, you said, I didn't judge you for that. Mm. That's because we've been together so long. Like, I remember this is a weird story. So when you and I first got together, I took pictures of you that I thought were amazing and you hated them and you made me destroy them. Go ahead. There's a reason for it, <laughs> but keep going. Yes, and I was horrified. So going back to like, this was social media before there was social media, mm. right? So I really thought the photos were awesome. Yeah. And I wanted to keep them. And you said, no, you wanted them destroyed. And so I remember thinking, can I be with somebody that like won't, because this was, I was hardcore. Like this was when I had Billy Photography, like, I thought of myself as a photographer mm -hmm. at that point. And so I thought, oh man, like, can I be with somebody that would destroy art? And that was really like horrifying for me. So I get it. At that moment, I judged you for sure. So now seeing like 17 years later where it's like, I'm so cognizant of what you're going through and the person I want to be would never judge you for that and understands your struggle and all of that, right? So all of that is like bundled. This is my wife, the person I most want to protect. And like, so it's a very different experience than if you're at the beginning of a relationship yeah. where it's like, this chick is crazy. And I think though that, and that's very true. I didn't think of it from when you first meet, but I think it's like anything. It's show the other person respect, right? So if you're taking a photo of them, especially early on, I would say, is it all right if I use this photo? Um, and then, oh God, I had another point and it was good and I've forgotten it. All right, well, I'll, I'll give you some time yeah. here. So, and, and I will say, I'm all about like, be aggressively yourself, like all of that. But I will also say, try to minimize your crazy. I just remembered. Go ahead. Um, world views. So there may be habits and things that me, all my friends do on social media. I don't think twice because everyone that I know does it and then I come across somebody else and let's say I start dating and their worldview of social media is completely different. They seem like an alien to me and I probably seem, seem like an alien to them. And so I think it's important to remember- Can you give a specific example? Um, oh, what just happened? Oh, so we had someone come here and they did something very strange in the middle of a meeting. Super, it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in a business context. <laughs> but I don't want to say it because I don't want to. Yeah, they immediately would be like, oh, they're talking about us. Yeah. So they did something super weird. Now, super fucking weird. This it's is not so only weird. a company, it's our house. They did something very weird. And so afterwards, I turned to you and I was like, can you believe they just did that? And you're like, I know, what the hell? But the, I then immediately said, I bet you, though, their worldview is that's not weird. Like, right. they do that in meetings all the time. They don't think twice about it. And then I said, well, I wonder what I do in meetings or when I see people where people are like, where people are like she's nuts. Can you believe she? But in my worldview, it's normal. So I think even in social media, it's like that exists. Yes. So don't judge each other harshly. I think it's about communicating, especially if you first start dating somebody. Don't judge them for doing something that may seem completely bizarre to you because um, they may not realize it's bizarre. Can we go down that rabbit hole for a second? Oh, go on then. So it really, I, I think actually at the beginning of a relationship, that's where you do like... Judge isn't the right word because there's so much baggage, but it's where you have to ask the questions. Am I willing to deal with somebody that fill in the blank? Mm. And th there, you don't have a moral obligation to be in a fucking relationship. Like it's crazy. <laughs> you want to talk worldview for a second. It is entirely crazy to me that people will like give up things that they're deeply passionate about because it doesn't jive with that other person. Like that's madness to me. And this is like, this is all coming from a place of so many people find themselves in a life that they don't enjoy mm. that it's like okay because you made a thousand little decisions along the way you didn't find a company to work for that really has a mission and a purpose and a meaning and something that's incredibly meaningful to you you just took a job you got with somebody that doesn't either at least facilitate your passions like imagine you no in fact god you were amazing at this so you must have like gone through this so 
I went through a 15 year period where I didn't play video games, but we've been together for 17 years. So at the beginning of the relationship, I played. I slept on the street when we were first dating so that you could buy a PlayStation. Literally my point, for my sister, by the way. And oh yeah, So you were there right. because I wanted to buy two, That's one true. for me, one yeah, for my sister. Yeah. You're welcome, Kim. Right? <laughs> and so funny that years later we would be a fire team. So it like, hopefully you said, okay, can I be with somebody like this? And I remember at the time you said, well, I slept on the floor for Michael Jackson to go to his concert. So why would I be unwilling to do it for a PlayStation? Which I always thought, wow, I really respect that. That's like somebody looking inward and like doing a worldview comparison. Mm. Like, okay, there are Mm. things that I'm interested enough in to do this. So the moral of my story there is I think you, you really have to ask questions like that. There, you know, there were only twice that I asked that about you. Uh, there were two times that really stick in my memory. So everything else I'm going to say is a level Can lower than that. Can you be with somebody that? Can I be with somebody that made me destroy art, which is how I felt about the photos that I took of you. Wow. I was legitimately mortified. And I told you that. Yeah, the, no, I won't. Once know. we got serious, yeah. then I said, And hey, just for by the, the people way, at home, the reason why I made the, you destroy it is they were a little provocative. Yeah, I wasn't And sure we were just dating. We were. So the good Greek girl in me is like, I'm going to go to England. This guy's amazing. I've just spent like a month with him every single day. I think like I'm head over heels for him. But the second I leave the country, I don't know what you're going to do with those photos. So yes, I made him destroy them. To me, that was a very reasonable and sensible thing to do. So now let me give them another take. My wife made me destroy. (laughs) She was my wife at the time. But so I was legitimately horrified by that. Okay. And I remember, I actually remember where I was and I don't know why I was really like seething over it at that moment, but we were in this parking garage at the Beverly Center, but the other side, the Beverly Connection. Hey, random. So, and driving that and I thought, God, can I really like be with somebody that would make me do that? So that was one. And then the other was when I was going to propose all the things that I thought about, um, paled in comparison to, can I be with somebody that gets sick this often? <clears throat> and I remember thinking, cause I'm not a good caretaker. So that Little was- did you know what you were getting no, yourself no, no. into? I knew exactly what I was getting myself Aww. into. And, but that's, I really want you to think about that because it was, I was very aware that you, and I didn't have the words and all of that, but I was very aware that you got sick often. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was always a chest infection. Now, what I didn't know was how that would then echo through our lives. And that's mm-hmm. how we've ended up in this microbiome machine and all that. But you would get these chest infections all the fucking time. And I was like, Jesus. And I thought, can I really deal with somebody who's sick this much? Because I'm going to be in a caretaker role, which is not where I shine mm-hmm. very, very frequently. And I was like, yes, I can. And so I, Meaning you as an individualized human being were worth that. And so I went into it with my eyes wide open, which is why I have, while it's annoying, it is not at all like something where I go, God, I can't believe this. Like, what did I get myself into? I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. I looked at that. So it's not quite worldview, but it's like, you need to be asking yourself at the beginning of a relationship, those questions Mm. like, these are, these are real things. They think this way. They see the world this way. Yeah. Maybe that will change and evolve. Yeah. They, they're going to change and evolve over time. Right. Yes, but that particular thing may not change or evolve. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal. Like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash 
Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. I was going to say, and that's the thing, I think a lot of people go into situations like that where it's like, oh, either they say it doesn't matter because they just try and brush it off like, oh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. The truth is that that may then be the one thing that really pisses them off six months down the line. Um, so does it actually matter? Like what if they did that all the time? How would you actually feel about that six months down the line when that, um, that you know, intense fire burning on the first few dates and oh my God, like when that started to fade out? Um, transition. Transition, yeah. Because it does transition, you're right. Um are you gonna? Are you willing to still put up with it? And then sometimes I hear this a lot: is like, "Oh well, I'm gonna change them." Do right? people really still say that? Maybe not out loud, but That's I definitely think crazy. people think it, right? Like, I can change this person. And you um, can, by the way, but like, are you really gonna put that kind of time and energy into it? I and here's the thing: like, <clears throat> I think the fundamentals of who a person is, though, is important, and I don't think. While you may be able to change things along the way, like if you were fundamentally somebody that I didn't agree with or there are certain elements of you that I didn't like or that just we weren't on that same page, I just wouldn't pursue it. Totally agree. Um, we've and got a lot of questions coming oh, in. Oh, wow. Interesting. All right, then we'll, we'll abandon that. Uh, do you have any other? A whole bunch, but I think that we spend too much time on one question. Okay. Um, all right, so this question um, is from Facebook from Gabrielle Claudette. I have three, teen, three teenage girls and a husband who, are always demand, who always demands that I put them and their needs above mine. How do I show them that I value myself and that I deserve to be valued? This has been very challenging. Man, you know I have a response. Go for it. I know you do, which is why. So, <clears throat> let, me, uh, yeah, let me get my aggressive posture on. So, people treat you exactly the way you let them treat you. Now, here's the critical part. Before I go into my tirade, which I'm going to go into, one, how you make the other person feel matters. And it matters a lot. So, making sure that they feel feel that they're important to you, that you love them beyond all reason and measure. Like that is fucking critical. And I, can we agree? I make you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, having said that, I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. I'm going to build the life I want to build. That is that. That's a non-negotiable. Like this is who I am. I am ambitious. I am going to build something. I'm going to build it whether you're with me or not. Now, I'm coming from a place of I make sure that you feel a certain way that when the when you ask for my time and attention, which you're never abusive about, fucking I give it. That example that you talked about of the phone, like that is a minor example of times where I will, if you said, look, today I just need your time and attention, I would tell everyone, get the fuck out of the house, office is closed, like in those acute moments, acute moments, let's take a minute to define acute, very specific, very limited in its time, duration, however you want to look at it. It is limited. But in that acute moment, if you say you need something, I'll fucking drop anything. Like that if you call three times, I'm going to be there for you. It does not matter who I'm with. And I have lived up to that. So for those that are just joining, if you call me once, 
I'm going to ignore it. You call me twice, now I'm on alert, but I'm still going to ignore it. If you call me, if I'm in a meeting or something, what? if you call me the <laughs> third time, if I'm with the, the, I used to say the president of the United States, I don't anymore. <laughs> if I were with, name them. Jay-Z. Perfect. In an if, interview. Yes. Literally. Fuck that. Like, I'm stopping it because I know that you would never abuse that. And you have, in our entire relationship, only done that once. To give I've you called an you idea. three times. Once. And that was because our dog had a... Another story. But like, <clears throat> I literally was in a meeting when you yeah. did it. And I said, guys, this isn't going to make any sense, but I have to leave right now. Yeah. And so I just left. Literally in the middle of the meeting. And I went home and we dealt with the situation. Now, because I am consistent with that behavior, mm -hmm. you do not doubt for a second how much, how much I love you, mm -hmm. how important you are mm -hmm. to me, the lengths to which I would go... Like, I invest in this relationship. But I also take selfish time. When I need something, I'm going to tell you I need this for myself. I'm going to go do it when it's important. And only one time in our relationship has it collided where you needed something and I needed something and they, they could not coexist. And in that moment, from my perspective, it was so critical to do what I needed to do that that's what I did. And I did not feel bad. I, I felt horrible that you were alone in a moment of need, but I didn't feel bad because I knew it was, I didn't feel bad that I had chosen that because I needed to do that, if that makes sense, yes. right? It was one of those times where I could say with all sincerity and I wasn't going to back down, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Legitimately, like the fact that you're going through that emotion and you feel left, I am aching inside because of that but I'm not conflicted. I know exactly what wow. I need to do to like for our own futures to protect it. And I had clarity on that and I did it. Can we agree that it worked out? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So dude, that shit, like they both have to be true. You have to make those people feel, feel that they are your number one, feel. But that does not mean that they get the majority of your time that you put them, like whenever your needs are colliding, that you're always putting the other person first. Right, but I want to, because what you're saying is very empowering, and I think it's great tip if you haven't started. But imagine you're you're already right. She's got kids. She's got three teenagers. So let's say for like 16 years of her life, just making up a number, but yeah. let's say 16 years of her life, she's made decisions in certain situations where she's got. So it how herself. do we pull a one exactly? Like, what are the actual steps that if someone out there um, is trying to do right, where it's like, I want to be selfish now. Like, how do I make that transition without saying, "F you, you guys don't care. It's all about me now." Like, how do you pull that off? So one, she's got to do the identity work. So I'm the type of person that I'm the type of person that um, make sure that I'm making the other people feel loved, that they know how important they are to me. I'm the type of person that actually does care about them, loves them, wants to protect them, like whatever she sees her role as being. She has to reinforce that shit. Second, I'm the type of person that realizes you will be fucking consumed by other people if you let it. And while it's amazing for them, it is ultimately corrosive for you. So I'm the type of person that doesn't do things that are corrosive to me. I'm the type of person that makes sure that I build myself up, that I have me time, that I recognize myself as an individual sovereign person. Now, the reason I'm saying all of that is because the first time her child looks at her with those puppy dog eyes because she's changed her behavior, which I walk through how to mm -hmm. change that behavior. But once that happens and that look of betrayal crosses her child's face, which it will feel like a betrayal to them because A, they don't have a fucking prefrontal cortex. So they're an emotional mess. Doesn't stop developing until you're like 25. Mm -hmm. So like that is coming for her mm -hmm. and she'll crumble. And then they she'll will feel reel really guilty. 100%. And, and they're going to reel her back in. And right. then like she's going to be ever living in this conflicted zone of like I don't want to see that look on their face and yet I have to like carve this space for myself create right. these boundaries so because what I'm about to tell her is how to create the boundaries but it doesn't work if people don't realize like how the amount of consistency that it takes so now once she's done that work she's going to sit them down either individually or in a group whatever she thinks is better she knows the people I don't um, I would mm, with the team I would do it all at once 
Anything to do with you though, like in fact, this is a perfect example. So there's you and there's the team. Now in one view, you're part of the team, but in the other, you're my wife. So anytime I have like a big announcement, I all, and I'm not 100% perfect at this, but I always try to tell you first mm -hmm. so that you don't feel like, whoa, I didn't know this was coming. Like you're my partner, both business-wise and in uh, marriage. So you're saying so, she should tell the husband first ah, before the Ah, she needs to figure that out. I'm just okay. saying like there are very real situations where I would definitely tell you um, alone first and then address other people together. So maybe it's the husband by himself and then the kids together. That makes sense to me as I talk. Because then they can approach the kids. If she really gets her point across to her husband, then her husband can now be her teammate in sitting with the kids. Because I think that's important. Like, I think you need to get the husband on board. Otherwise, the kids will just say, well, hang on a minute. That doesn't do that. Infinitely genius advice. I think that's brilliant. So... Talk to him first, get him on the same page, let him know, like, I love you. I want to make sure that I'm making you feel that way. Let me know, like, am I making you feel that way? Walk through, like, what are the things that are really critical for him? They may be really small. Like, one thing for you that's insanely meaningful, and I'm still shocked, even though I recognize it is true, is me boiling your hot water yeah. for you. Crazy, but, like, great. So that is, A, very easy to execute on, and B, makes you feel a certain kind of way. So... Find those things, whatever they are, the three phone calls so that in moments where he really fucking needs you, that you're going to be there. Mm -hmm. Like the big things, the little things, like right. figuring out which ones are actually And actually marquee. have those, like it makes me feel great when you do this. Like be specific because I think anytime you have to try and guess, it's like, oh, he likes it when he feels loved. Okay, well, how does he interpret love, right? Like get even more specific down to the, when you boil me the kettles so that when I wake up in the morning, it's already nice and hot. Like that is meaningful to me. So it's an act that you can absolutely execute on it very easily. Definitely. Well, uh, and Not it easily, even, but yeah, I'm saying say, you can execute. It's very clear. Because if I'm like, I want to feel loved and you go and buy me flowers, I'm like, I don't, I don't need you to spend money on me. I just need you to... Like it makes a difference. So yeah. be very clear on how the husband interprets that from her. Definitely. So the ultra clarity on what you're going to do, how mm -hmm. you're going to do it. Um, but then she's going to have to create the boundaries because chances are that if he's had, you know, 16, 20 years, however long they've been together of just him being all consuming, like there's going to have to be lines in the sand. He may ask for more than you're going to be able to deliver and still carve time out for yourself. You have to do the same with the kids, set expectations, let them know what they can expect, let them know what you're going to say yes to, what you're going to say no to, that it doesn't in any way, shape or form diminish how much um, you love them, that you want check-ins with them to see, you know, same things with them. Like what are the things that are really key, mm -hmm. really important for them? They're going to ask for too much. So you have to carve out the boundaries and then be insanely consistent, insanely consistent. So for instance, um, our dogs used to bark a lot when people started working here and it drove me crazy. It drove everybody else crazy. But the fact was that I was trying to get shit done. And so I would just ignore it. And I'm probably much better at ignoring. A, it's my child. So that always makes it easier. And then B, I'm able to compartmentalize really focus maybe more than the average bear so finally agent smith as the voice of the people came to me and said yeah the fucking dogs are he didn't say that he was very very diplomatic and kind as he always is but got the message across the dogs are barking too much and so i knew what needed to be done which is inhuman consistency like Every single time, no matter what I'm doing, when they bark, get up, lock them away, period, end of story. Mm. And so now they don't. So be consistent. You, with Like inhumanly yeah, consistent. Yeah. Like you can't bend, buckle or break, not yeah. once because like they're not doing it from a bad place, but they will then just encroach, encroach, encroach again. Mm -hmm. So she has to do that hard work. Nobody's going to do it for yeah. her. Yes, it's tough. Yes, they will look at you in the beginning like you're betraying them. Yes, it will be frustrating for them. Yes, it like... I remember when, go ahead, no, no. you took a breath, I know you want to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I think that, um, I, I bet you guilt's really going to play a part, and I think a lot of people do feel like that, like, I definitely felt when I went from being a housewife to now being, you know, founding team member of Quest and working there every day, um, 
I remember I felt insanely guilty that you had to sort out your own, your own food. And I just had the mantra, like, he has to do it, he has to do it. Like, I would tell myself because I knew that I would break otherwise. But, like, oh, babe, let me just do that. And then before I know it, I'm getting stressed and worn out because now I'm trying to do everything. And so even though I didn't feel good and I knew that I didn't feel good and I knew that I felt guilty, I just had those mantras, those things that I would repeat to myself to force myself not to do it. Like, Lisa, you can't be the best business partner if you... Um, if you try to do that, right? Like, or, like thinking of the pros, like the good reasons on why I shouldn't do it instead of focusing on the guilt of it um, really helped me get through those that transition where I just felt like a terrible wife because now you were making yourself lunch and I had been doing it for so many years um, and I felt guilty, but I just had to stay strong and tell myself like, this isn't the good for the long term. This isn't good for the long term. And so for her, it's like, it's not good for her own sanity. It's not good for her own um, health, right? Of being a good mother, you should be happy within yourself with being a great wife you need to be content with yourself and so if you're not working on that then you can't deliver so if I would feel guilty about it I would actually tell myself this is what you need to do to be the best mother this is what you need to do to be the best wife um is take care of yourself as well and even though you don't feel it at first it's kind of like fake it till you make it right like just fake it like no you do need this like force that thought into your head every time you go to feel guilty love that so word but you were about to say something no i mean oh. it was literally just the flip side to that exact story oh there you go so nice. bam me and you Nailed baby it. um okay got a couple of shout outs um from david bolsies from sweden Sweet. ralph white from palm beach and warren marshall from woodenville washington woodenville holy hell when I say Woodenville is not exactly a big town, uh, yeah. So I knew you'd get excited seeing Washington. You got so, to. Plus um, it's hey guys, everybody in the Come feed, um, please do submit some questions. We're answering them live. And then also the question I had at the beginning of the show was, um, how many of you guys are actually in relationships? I'm really curious. So just type yes or no if you are or not in a relationship. There it is. All right, let's Bigger, go to the next question. Um, all right, this question comes from YouTube from Kilmer Temper. Can you speak to the importance of partners having healthy friendships outside of their relationship, having support systems so that it doesn't all fall on your partner? I'm not sure if it's like they're talking about themselves or somebody, their partner. I don't think it matters. Yeah. But so I think that friendships are very valuable as somebody who has precious few and doesn't spend a lot of time with friends. I will say that I love, love, love spending time with friends. It's, it's actually even ironic to me that like when I do it, I love it so much, but then I don't seek it out very mm -hmm. often. Um, but I, I think that it's super helpful, but I, I won't say like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? You need more friends. So, um, one, I think that everybody has to do the hard work of themselves to not like need and be super reliant on other people. Um, because I can hear sort of hiding in there is that maybe their partner is, um, relying on them a lot, needs a lot yeah. of attention. Yeah. So like said partner needs like if they have a lot of emotional needs and it probably is better to spread that out like the 80 20 rule applies if 80 percent of the time you're with your partner it's all negative it's all shit that you need help with like that's not fun mm. and that's one thing i will man i will suffocate you with a mountain of praise for you've always been like through all your health challenges You've always been, it's not fun to be with somebody who's mopey. So even though you couldn't necessarily control what was going on, or how about this? You can control it. I was going to say, It just takes a very yeah. long time to solve, figure out all that. Yeah. But you were always like mentally, you force yourself to get into a good place emotionally. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect, but Jesus, you have been inhumanly consistent with that behavior of like always doing the hard work, always making sure that we spend way more time in like a happy place than we do in a negative place, mm -hmm. even at the worst of it. Like you were always like putting yourself into a positive mental state, which even if you were faking it, like you want to talk about one that from a neurochemical standpoint is you, even if it starts fake, like it becomes real just from holding yourself in a smile, from cuddling, mm -hmm. like all the things that you were doing to reinforce the positivity in our relationship were also reinforcing the feelings of positivity in your own life. You were doing that work. You were the one that was really bringing that to the table. And I was just in, 
am continue to be insanely grateful for that. Or like, what if I had a lot of issues and I just kept coming to you for them? And you and felt like yeah, it was... If you're spending the majority of our relationship time in a negative space, I don't... Even if you had terminal cancer, it's a bad fucking strategy. It is a bad strategy. Like, go read... Like, if anybody is thinking that's an outrageous example, go read the final lecture, the last lecture. Um, the guy that w wrote... He found out he's dying of cancer and writes a book and goes on, like, a speaking tour about what it's like to face n a terminal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And optimism, have fun. Like there, there is nothing that should drag you down into a dark place. It is never an effective strategy, ever. So yeah. So don't how do would that. you persuade and them to go and find outside relationships? You didn't hear me say that they need them. Oh, so I see. like, yes. Just help like, the issue versus thinking like they need more friends. Yes. Like that person That's needs fair. to be doing either go get more friends, but like I, I will give you, this is not me because I don't fucking hang out with people that are negative like that, but I know people that do. And if you're in a place where you, oh God, even that, like here, the reality is they have to do the work. They have to like find joy. They have to focus on gratitude. They like, you just have to being a miserable git, as you would say mm. around, like, even if you're spreading it out across people, if all you're focusing on is the negative shit, like you have a problem. That's such stop, a stop, really stop. good point. So have friends because friends are fucking rad. Have friends because friends are fun to do fun stuff with. Have friends because it's more people to be more grateful with, for, around, to do things that are fun. Like for instance, if I want to go see musical theater, I can't go with you. If I want to go see films in the theater, you're not really into that. So I'm going to go do that with Jim Quick. What's up, Jim Quick? Has become like my movie buddy. Um, so find people because that shit is fun. It shouldn't be because you just focus in a negative place and your partner is like burning out. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, got a couple of more shout outs. Shout out from Anthony Tees McNabb from Mariba, North Queensland, Australia. Whoa. Wow, nice. go Australia. What's up? Um, all right, got a next question. Um, oh, this one's good. Where did it go? Oh, I knew that you'd love this one. Okay, here we go. This question is from Facebook from Miriam Bestel Picot. Hey, Tom and Lisa, what do you think about being in a long-term relationship for life with your first love without having experience with other people? We are going to want to experience sexually, for example, or just flirting eventually in the future, even if we don't love each other. How to deal with these thoughts and curiousness in a relationship? All right. Well, I'll answer the first part because I didn't uh, quite understand the second half. <sighs> I, I hate giving good people bad news, to quote The Matrix. <laughs> uh, it should be illegal. And I'm kidding about illegal, but I really think it's, it's a bad strategy. So... To I'm, be with, to marry to, or... To your high school your sweetheart, first, to use American high, okay, vernacular. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just, you haven't experienced enough of the world... So, yeah, I'm a big believer that you need to broaden your worldview. You need to broaden your, um, your perspective. You need to get out and experience things. There's just certain things that I don't think that you can optimize without experiencing. That doesn't mean that what I'm saying is true 100% of the time. And I know there are people that are with their high school sweetheart and has worked out beautifully. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm talking on average. On average, I think it is a losing strategy because I think it's the momentum of the relationship that carry people away for decades. And they, the just discomfort of breaking up, the discomfort of, um, of like, change like so people like get a business, lost right like you kind of you fail you pick yourself up and now you've learned from it like a relationship is kind of like that where it's yeah. like you realize the silly mistakes no, in you fact, make that's when not you're true. so yeah. and I, I will it, it is for sure but I will say from my own um, perspective I've only been in one real relationship and that's mm -hmm. with you so it's not like I was oh I failed here I failed here but I it wasn't failed your here. first girlfriend or your first sexual partner correct so. and I had been I won't say worldly, but I certainly had moved away from home and had to be on my own and like figure all that shit out. Mm. I had to go through the face in the carpet phase and like figuring out how to make ends meet and I had to do it alone. 
And I, in fact, I've never had to put words around this, but here's what I think. Every human being needs to go out into the woods and get lost and find themselves before they get in a relationship. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And that's why high school relationships that last forever freak me out is you've never had to do it on your own. Also, I think you're changing so much, right? Like if I look back at who I was at 16 compared to now, I'm a completely different human being. So I wonder, um, you know, obviously even when we got married though, I was very different. So I think- Look, I think people can can grow together. I think the likelihood that you do that with somebody that you got together in high school would diminish precipitously. Um, So yeah, I just think it's, when you look at the data, it's just not a very smart move. Yeah, and- and like you said, I'm sure there are people out there that have had very sex. In fact, if you're out there right now and you're watching live and you guys have been together since high school and um, you've made it work, drop it in the comments. And you've been together for more than 10 years. Okay, that's fair. Because if you're 22, right. um, I'm going sure, to curious to know because aggressively. And I think it really is up to the individual. Like if you already know you're going to miss out on things, like I think you need to talk about that right now in with your partner, right? Like I'm worried that I'm going to... Um, miss out on other sexual experiences. That is the weirdest conversation ever. No, I mean, when me and you, when we were getting married, we had the discussion where you're like, yeah, I've, I've had to come to grips. You're going to be the only person That's I see. That's very different. Me saying, hey, I've crossed this threshold right. and it's just you and me. Right. Versus, hey, we've been together for five years, but like, I'm super tense that I'm never going to have sex with anybody else. And you're like lamenting it. That's yeah. like that. But that then you really, I mean, isn't that then a sign that you shouldn't. Honestly, here's the only way I think together. that conversation works. Yeah. You have the conversation. Hey, look, I'm super tense. I'm going on a two week sojourn to a yurt and I'm going to sit. What words did you just <laughs> use? <laughs> to do a so walk. shout out to Nicholas J. Robinson. I had never heard of a yurt before either. I don't but it's even basically know what you're a saying. room with nothing. <laughs> so you're sitting in a room with nothing, and the whole idea is you've nothing to do but think. And you go and you just you meditate on mm-hmm. that shit and mm-hmm. you figure it out. And then it's like, look, I'm not going away for two weeks. You're the relationship is not in any danger. And I'm going to come back and I'm gonna say either we're parting ways because that's that important to me or I'm going to come back to you a new man 100% committed to this forever and mm-hmm. I have found my peace with it. What you can't do is drop a bomb like that and not think that's going to echo through that person's mind forever. Yeah. Like you've got to at some point sew yeah. that up and say I've crossed the bridge. It's a non-issue for me. I'm not thinking about it anymore. And that's that. So, and I will just tell you, like, from my own experience, this is my life. I do not expect people to give a shit about this. This is totally irrelevant. But from my perspective, it would have really bothered me if you'd been my first and only sexual experience. That would have been a real problem for me. Yeah. Just for me. Not for everybody. I fully understand that. Right. But you were honest with yourself about that. And I think that's important. Yeah. So there's two things that I want to know. First of all, I think that... um, this may be silly, and but it so impacted me in the moment that I keep bringing it up. Um, I dated other guys before you. I was in a relationship for almost four years before I met you. Um, and then, so I'd been on dates, and once we broke up, I did a year of like dating, and then I met you. I remember that first date where all my expectations of what I wanted in a guy, a guy who um, dressed cool and hip, had a great, you know, car and like very superficial, totally recognize it now. I was 21 at the time. And I met you, we go on our first date and you've got this big old broken down Buick. It wasn't maybe broken down, but the back seat was like got a ton of rubbish in it. And the, you know, there was like a cut in the seat. I mean, it was pretty bad car. So of course I was already shocked. I was like, here's this cool guy with confidence and he's got like this really old Buick. So that was like against what I thought I wanted. But then you open the car door for me. And I can't explain, like, I wish I had the right words. No guy had ever opened a door for me, ever. I've got three brothers, my father, dated many guys, and not one person had ever opened the door for me out of, like, specific consideration, like, you're the lady, go first. And when you did that, like, it just... 
because I had been in other relationships where guys hadn't done that, I didn't realize it was something that I emotionally was had warmed to. So I think experiences do kind of help show you what you like, what you don't like, and what is for you and what isn't for you, because you were so different. I remember all of my friends were like, this is the guy you're dating? Because like your fashion sense wasn't great. And because it was the antithesis of what I used to date. But if I hadn't gone through all those experiences and then met you who came along and just showed me like what I actually wanted out of life, I don't think I would have realized it. So for me, having those different experiences allowed me to realize what I re was really looking for and what was right for me versus what I'd been, um, I guess, in the world of North London, like what is like the right thing or what people mm. normally go for, quotes, Word. air quotes. Um, so I think that that's really important. Um, and then, and the other thing that I also, or the one thing that I do is I weigh options, right? What's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? So it's like, if this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life, what are the pros and cons of that? And then if I break up with them because I want to get all these experiences, what's the pros and cons of that? I may have a fun year. I may go around and have all these experiences, but if I actually possibly lost the love of my life and I'm going out to get all these new experiences, but I've given up the one thing that actually was meaningful to me so I would do that like pros and cons and weigh the options and then make a decision and go like go down that path and don't look back indeed that's my opinion nice it's a good one um all right so um next question uh okay this question comes from Stacy Lee on Facebook what would you guys do if your sibling your sibling is in a toxic relationship I I now not Oh, sorry, I know not to intrude, but it just pains my mum and I when we see my brother unhappy and being affected negatively by his girlfriend. Wow. So as you were reading the question, I thought, so I define toxic as what would I do if like my sister was being abused? Physically <sighs> abused. Or mentally, emotionally. Like, oh, God. Duh. Um... I am not an expert in this, and I'm very grateful that I have no experience in this. I just want to say that up front. But this is one of those things I could not abide. And I know that chances are that I would end up driving my sister away. But I would do something like, like it, that's high risk. But if I know that like she's already in the relationship, so if I don't say anything, she's going to stay in the relationship. If I do say something, I may lose my relationship with her, but I at least have some percentage chance of getting her out of that relationship. And I, I would fucking escalate. Now, because my sister knows me and she knows, and this is where you earn your reputation over time. This is so important. Put me in context. Don't take my answer out of context. In context, my sister knows me very well. And I've got 41 years of being a certain kind of person, being insanely consistent with that, not pushing people, not bullying. Like I back off. I let people live the life they want to live. I meet them with compassion, respect. I'm not, I don't evangelize. I don't try to change people. Like I'm a filter, right? We've all heard the things that I say. Now, if you're watching and you've heard me say it, now my sister has lived it. For a very long time. So when I fucking escalate and I'm like to his face, like I will have prepped her. I will tell her, look, this is a bad relationship. This is causing you real problems. This is going to evolve your mentality. Neurons that fire together, wire together. You're going to end up with like weird fucking cognitive problems from this relationship. As such, I want to let you know, like Anything you need, you can move into my house. Like the one time I would make an exception, I would put a time limit on it. But like whatever I needed to do to get her out of that relationship, I would do and I would be very clear and very direct. And then I would say, should you choose to continue to stay in this relationship, I want to be abundantly fucking clear. I will escalate on this motherfucker until you never speak to me again. Or like it's my whole thing. No or a restraining order, right? Dude, I would, I would escalate. So like, I, you just can't let that shit happen. And whatever, like if it were physical abuse, I'd get them arrested. If it were emotional abuse, then I would come in. What and if they were equal? So your sister's just as crazy back to him, right? It's like one of those, cause you're saying it from your sister who you know, and is like super sweet. And what if you're in a relationship? Cause I've had, 
I know people like this yeah. who've been in a relationship and it's one of those like massive spikes, right? They're like lovey-dovey and then screaming at each the other. The fascinating thing is you, by lessening the stakes, you just made the question a lot harder to I know answer. because that's the thing. Like when it's that- I love like, the hard question. Like physical abuse, of course, I think most people will go, this is, I need to do it because I have to protect them. But what if it's, they're in this tumultuous relationship um, I, every time I, like, I love my brother, but every time I see him, cause, and again, in fact, coming from a female perspective, cause I actually do think that's different as well, because you've got the protective brother element in you, but I'm thinking of it from my own brother as a female, right? If I saw my brother and it wasn't that he abused her, she didn't abuse him, or maybe they kind of, like they screamed at each other, mm -hmm. but he was just like unhappy, but he always stayed in that relation. What do you do then? For the most part, you just have to give them space. Like, they're adults. Yeah. And they're going to have to figure it out. And I think if you... Like, when I think about my sister being in a really abusive relationship, even in that, I know that, that my whole escalation thing may just alienate her, and then she wants nothing to do with me. And so <coughs> I get that that's a very plausible outcome. I think that it's exacerbated a thousandfold <coughs> when... There's nothing more than just like emotional toxicity going back and forth. Mm. Nobody is being abused, if you will. They're essentially, like you said, abusing each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, would I f look for the absolute perfect opportunity? <coughs> excuse me. Would I look for the absolute perfect opportunity to say, this doesn't look fun. It does not seem like you guys are having fun. I get it that this is one of those manic relationships where the highs are amazing and so you cling to those in times of emotional distress when you guys are fighting like cats and dogs um but there is a world in which you can have a very loving <coughs> jesus Ooh, my baby. A very loving stable relationship mm. it would i would be looking for that moment that doesn't mean much to the audience but you know what i mean by that and and i i think that if there's one superpower that I've developed and gotten very good at, it's being able to tell when the person is emotionally in a place where they'll be able to hear me. Yeah. And sometimes that means waiting months and months and months for that opportunity. It means, like, for instance, this is, thinking about it, this is exactly what I would do. If my sister were in a toxic relationship, I would say, sis, I really want to start spending more time with you. I literally was going to And say that. I would take her out and mm -hmm. I would start spending time mm -hmm. with her on the week, uh, just weekday, you two. just the two yep. of us. I would go way the fuck out of my way. So she knew like, whoa, like he's really mm -hmm. like, he's driving, he's coming out to yeah. see me like, this is crazy. He's so weird about efficiency of time. And yet he's spending all this time mm -hmm. like traveling and all that. And I would do that for months yeah. and I wouldn't bring, I wouldn't even bring up the relationship. Right. And then I would find that critical moment after I'd built up all that like goodwill and I would find that yeah. moment where she's emotionally ready to hear it and, and I would say that. And yeah. then if I got even a mildly negative reaction, I would back off again for a very long time yeah. and then I would present it again. And I, this is another thing, play the long game. It may take you years to get them out of that. But if you go on that full frontal assault, which I would only do if there were physical like or like real emotional abuse happening, mm. um, I would play a very long game. Yeah, I literally, that's exactly what I was about to say, because like this lady, Stacy, said, I know not to intrude, but it just pains my mum and I when I see him unhappy. So um, I think you're right, like just telling someone you've got to break up with them, like just puts you in the enemy seat sometimes, you know? Sometimes. Um, Every time. Yeah. So I would go, okay, what is meaningful to me? My relationship with my brother. What is meaningful to me, my brother, to know that I'm here for them if he needs it? Um, versus feeling attacked, because that's the thing. Like, if he's already unhappy, um, but can't get out of this relationship, and now he's got family who just attacks him or attacks his partner, so he has to defend her or whatever, now just put strain there. Like, that's not going to help the brother. And it's not going to help your relationship with them. So building that relationship one-on-one -on -one is exactly what I would do. Just letting them know that they have a safe place to come to. Um, and then that way, like, if it feels right and they want to open up, they can talk to you about it. 
Um, and I just wonder how much is he unhappy when he's with her, right? Like, let's say they've gone to the mum's house for lunch and it's like they've had an argument in the, in the way of the car, so they arrive and now it's all weird and so you see the pain. Like, put him in situations or do things with him in situations that you know he may be happy, right? If he likes movies, take him to the theatre um, and build that, like, relationship and do things that you feel like will change his brain chemistry. Fresh ways. Um, all right, it's 11 o'clock. Do we have time for one more? Not really. No, I know, <laughs> not really. I was going to try and sneak it in, but oh well. But right. um, guys, thank you so much for submitting so many great questions. Really, really good today. And then I just want to say one more time with the question that I asked at the beginning of the episode, which is, are you guys in a relationship right now or not? We'd love to hear you. Put yes or no in the comments so we can see how many people are not or are in relationships. Nice. And guys, by the way, if there's anybody out there that is really into uh, movies, TV shows, uh, video games, all that stuff, what I call media, just media, um, we have a new, it's the same channel, it's Impact Theory on YouTube, but we're now going to be posting content there weekly. So only if you're interested in that stuff, though. Um, go subscribe to that. We just dropped a, our first episode. It was a panel discussion with Dr. Finesse, Casey Files, Elliot, and myself talking about Blade Runner 2049. Um, so if you guys are interested in that, go subscribe to that channel. Uh, that would be YouTube amazing. forward slash. It's actually not yet. We have to get 100 subscribers, which we don't even have 100 Aww. subs yet uh, to have the Impact vanity theory. domain. But yeah, if you do a search for Impact Theory, click channels. Um, then you will see it there. Subscribe to that bad boy. But again, uh, only if you're interested in media-based em content. Empowerment media-based. Yeah, we'll, based. we're all about empowerment. Hopefully you guys know that. Uh, but go check it out. It'd be amazing. All right, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.